Welcome to episode 126 of the Joy Living Home podcast. I wanted to talk today about that overwhelming feeling we can get in our homes that helps us, doesn't help us, <laughs> it doesn't help us at all, that causes us to feel paralyzed or stuck when it's time to, I guess, fight against it. It's, it's time to figure out how to make that work. So let's talk about that today. I titled this when you when your home feels like makes you feel like you're drowning, it's time to stand up. The reason that this came to me is I don't know if you've seen those videos. They periodically will sort of come across my feed when I'm doom scrolling as they call it. Um <laughs> and it's meant to be funny and it's, you know, some person panicking that they're about to drown. And there's somebody filming it, which seems so rude. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, hey, stand up. And the person finally gets enough composure to stand up and you realize that they're in extremely shallow water, but they had been panicking. Everybody laughs and oh, that's so funny that you just all you needed to do was stand up. It made me think of what's happening in our homes. Sometimes we're in a really bad place and it's more than just our homes. Our lives are overwhelming. Something's happening in our health or our family or just circumstances that we can't control. And so we feel like we can't control anything. But really, you do have some control over your home, which is why sometimes you'll see sort of the opposite side of that same panic which is extreme organizing because it's that person's attempt to gain control in the only place they can control. Same feeling of drowning. Ironically, that side of it can even be glorified. Those are some of the people that you're watching on Instagram with these extremely organized homes. If you really tune in and pay attention, you can see whether they're really living their lives and just are really great at being organized and pulled together or whether it seems to control them. So sort of understand that's the other side of the exact same coin. With that being said, this moment of saying, if you are in that drowning feeling and you're like, well, gosh, if I was going to choose either way, I'd rather have the really neat house. And I get that. I get that. But if you're in the house that just is overwhelming you and you're like, I can't, I can't figure out where to even begin, first thing is to call for help, like literally get some help. Even if that's a friend, if that's a therapist, if that's a professional organizer, someone who can see your situation from the outside and let you know, you know what, it's okay to stand up. Like it's safe. It's it's okay to stand up. You have caught yourself in a panic and a spiral that is not as big as you think it is. It's not as deep of water as you think you're in. And somebody with fresh eyes from the outside can help you stand up. I did something similar for a client this weekend, all positives, but positives can be overwhelming too. It was a client, they have little babies and they were moving into a brand new home and stuff was everywhere. It just, it felt too big. I got to come in and just say, well, let's, let's start. I felt like we could stand up. And in the matter of three hours, she was lighter and the house was lighter and the function was in place and she knew she could move forward on her own from there. She had stood up. I know you 
can do that too. And if you're like, oh, I'm too embarrassed to call a friend, I'm too embarrassed to call someone in. Let's talk about some ways that you can make yourself stand up. Let's see what we can actually put into action. The first one is to immediately shut down the negative talk, the kicking yourself for getting this way, the other people don't do this to themselves, the why can't I ever get this right, the I know what they all are, I know all of the sayings, shut it down. This is going to sound really harsh, but a really good way to shut that down is to first admit you're you're giving yourself a pity party, which is absolutely unproductive. And second is to say, is there anyone I could think of that would trade places with me right now? Because right now you're like, no one would want my situation. I can tell you right now, if there is someone watching their child in a cancer ward, they would give anything for their biggest problem to be the mess in your house. If there's somebody with a spouse overseas that is in danger, they would give anything to have a husband at home making messes around them. I could probably come up with five more scenarios. So just stop yourself there. Remind yourself that there are many people who would give anything that their biggest problem would be the mess in their house. Sort of give yourself the face slap of, okay, like done with the pity party. I know that sounds really harsh, but sometimes we have to do that to ourselves. Once you've done that, I want you to walk into one room, choose one room, and we're going to go through some steps. So the first step is take a photo. And I know you're like, why would I want evidence of this? And the reason is you'll forget how bad it was at the beginning and you'll work for a while and you'll look at it and you'll say, nothing's changed. And yet a whole lot will have changed, but you can't see it. So take a picture from a couple different angles. Second, grab hold of anything easy and take it all the way to where it needs to go. So if you look down and you're like, why is there a mitten here in the bathroom? Mittens, even though the front hallway is a train wreck, there it's going to live in there. Take it all the way there and put it away and make yourself come right back. I go back and forth between the don't let yourself leave the space because you'll get distracted and the take it all the way so you don't have a pile at the end. If you're in this much overwhelm, you don't want to pile at the end of everything that goes somewhere else because A, that's too many places it could be right now in your stress and B, it just leaves you with stuff to do after that timer goes off that you might not have enough energy to finish. Dana K. White of A Slob Comes Clean has always taught this method, like take it there immediately so that if at any moment you're pulled away, you've not created a bigger mess. It's truly brilliant. She's great. I I do think there's absolute genius in that. But then I also think if you're in a good place and you don't want to walk out because you know you'll get distracted and you won't come back, that you you can play around with that. But right now, her advice is, is genius and you're going to stick with that. Third, take care of any known, anything that's unknown. So for instance, I was helping someone unpack a whole lot of boxes and it would have made sense to either unpack them all at once, but I knew that could end up being chaos because I only had three hours and I wanted to leave her in a good spot. So we talked about the layout of the kitchen first. We talked about 
let's start with something simple that you're going to need immediately where your everyday dish is going to live. And then we literally opened the tops of every box that wasn't labeled well until we found the everyday dishes. We put the everyday dishes away and then got rid of that box. Then we looked for another known. Where for certain are the, is the silverware going to live? Okay, let's find the box with the silverware. Let's get it put away. Because then all of those weird, awkward things that we don't necessarily know how the flow of the kitchen is going to work and where for sure we're going to put them start to make sense because there's all the really great real estate is taken with all of the logical everyday use items. And then you're able to start fitting things in. And there's a whole lot more complexity of, of designing or deciding where things go in a space. But the knowns can often get really clear really quickly. If you're working in an office, you know where the office supplies go. They're going to be in the desk drawers closest to the desk. If you're in a bedroom and you have clothes, you know they're going to go in the dresser. If you are at a linen closet and you're like, I'm going to grab towels out every day, but the sheets are a once a week thing. Think about the most used real estate, put away what you know. If you're in a home, a lot of that's like moving in or whatever. If you're in a home that you've been living in for a while and certain things have homes already and you're used to those places, those are the things that are your knowns. The overwhelm around you is the stuff that never had a home. And so if today's too big to make decisions, we're not going to worry about that. So step one, you took the picture. Step two, you took anything easy and got it all the way to where it belonged so that you could just start. Step three was that you're taking care of any knowns. So you're like, those are also still easy, but they they already have a home. So step four is you're going to start building a dam. (laughs) And this is where I am not your typical organizer and I'm not your typical advice giver because it's going to sound counterproductive. But building your dam when you're feeling like you're drowning is to stave off some of that water so that you can start to function. What that means is that you are going to find a corner of the room that is the most out of the way and you're going to declare it the spot where the unknowns go, where the things are too overwhelming because they're multi-step decisions or they mean moving other things around in a different space that's too cluttered. It's those things that will stop you in your tracks and leave you feeling like you can't stand up. So build your dam. And you're going to do that by just as you're proceeding through the room, when you hit something, you're like, this is too heavy. This is too hard. This is too many steps. This is too much of a decision. You're going to carry it and put it in that corner. Yes, it means saving it for a later day. Yes, it means all the hard decisions are in one spot. But decision making is a muscle that gets better the more you do it. Repetition makes everything easier. So you might find yourself just shifting everything from the room (laughs) into one corner at first. Then you'll hit an easy thing and you'll take it to its home. Then you'll hit a known and you'll know exactly what to do with it. Then something that seemed overwhelming in the first five minutes, when you hit the second five minutes, suddenly you're like, oh wait, I could do this. I actually do know where that goes. When you couldn't have thought of it at the beginning. So you'll end up with some knowns and some easies in your dam. And that's okay. Those can be saved for another time. But that muscle will start loosening up. 
you'll start to see floor, you'll start to see surfaces, you'll start to see spaces that will perk you up and make you feel less overwhelmed. You'll start to realize that the water is receding. As you are working through the space in whatever time you have, it will feel more open, even if a pile in the corner is starting to pile up. Because before it was scattered equally everywhere, and now you can see spaces that are clear and right and breathable. (laughs) And it will help you improve things. When your timer goes up, off, or when you realize you're kind of done because you suddenly realize you've been sitting in one spot for a while trying to make a decision about something that you can't even function anymore because you're done. Because decision making is a muscle, it does get worn out. So you will reach a break point. I try not to work with clients longer than four hours, three is more ideal because I see how less productive we get the longer you go past three to four hours. So at that point, you need to stop. And the final thing you need to do is you need to take a photo again and you need to compare the beginning with the end because I promise you, you'll see a difference. You'll see something has shifted. Take a deep breath. Realize you actually stood up. You started to make the water recede and you can proceed the next time with it. And you might have three good days in a row or this might be the only thing you can do and you get lost in it for another week. And that's okay. Always, always continue to give yourself grace. But the grace has to stop when you realize you're just having the entirely unproductive pity party. (laughs) So if you get to the end of the things you feel fully capable of doing and then you decide to call a friend or then you decide to call in help, they're going to see that you made progress. You're going to feel less overwhelmed if they get in and go, oh, maybe not the right friend. (laughs) Or maybe you show them the before picture and you say, look, I've been at it. I've given it a really good go. Here's the part where I needed some help. And I knew you'd just be the person to give it to. And if that's nobody you know that you trust or feel good about, come join our group. Show us your before picture. We'll encourage you. We'll help you get to an after picture. That's the whole goal. I hope this helps. I hope you can feel like maybe it's time to stand up and really actually tackle something. You can do it. And until next time, continue to choose joy.